It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. The defense by Russell. Steph had to make the adjustment, gets his own rebound. Ball really moving around. Curry, feet set. Three down. I'll tell you, whenever they get a little congestion underneath there, he kicks the ball out of pizza, and he always goes to that corner. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. Another good episode today as the Warriors beat the Nets yesterday, 120 to 114. Got a little close at the end there. They were able to pull it out. Another amazing game from Steph and KD. One of them got a nice little award today as well, recognizing their great start to the year. All that coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Another good one for you today. The Warriors were able to beat the New York Nets. New York Nets, geez, I'm out of touch. Brooklyn Nets yesterday in Brooklyn. Steph, again, another monster game from him. KD as well. I mean, these two are on the not just the same page. They're on the same sentence the way they're working together and playing together. And it's such a pretty incredible thing to see right now, honestly, considering that it was never difficult, but just their their game and their understanding of each other's game right now is the best it's ever been. I'm going to go over the game, go over some things uh, after, some things on the periphery, if that's a word. Uh, a lot to get to. But again, let's start with yesterday's game. I'm uh, going to go through the notes I had because uh, there was a lot of good things that happened. Some eh things. Damian Jones, going to start with him as I usually do. He was attacked in the pick and roll immediately. And again, he started the game fine, actually. He had a couple blocks, uh, a steal. But it was just a, it was a rough game for him. There's no doubt about it. He had a bad game. He only played 12 minutes, uh, two points, one rebound, one assist, one steal, two blocks. It was fine, but they were really going after him in the pick and roll, and it worked. Uh, Definitely something he's going to have to work on. I mean, he's got a lot to work on. There's no doubt about it. He's not a finished product. But I also thought this was going to be a tough matchup for him because I think Jared Allen is on his way to being one of the best centers in the league. He might not be there yet, but I think by the end of the year, he's in that conversation of best fives in the game. So... Thought it would be a tough matchup. It was. Oh, well, he'll live. He's got the Bulls tonight. That's another interesting one with guys like Wendell Carter and Robin Lopez. So we'll see how he does. But rough one for tonight. And Looney came in for him after about four and a half minutes. Looney wasn't great to start either. He, One of the good things about Looney is he's just consistently solid. 
Uh, this was his first game where he did not look real good, at least in the first half. He, he played better in the second half, but that first half run for Looney was not great either, which then opened up a spot for Jordan Bell, who we'll get to in a little bit because he actually didn't come in until the uh, second quarter, I don't believe. So one thing I mentioned before they left on this road trip was that this would be a good time to throw Jordan Bell to the fire. I mean, excuse me, Jacob Evans to the fire and see, you know, how he does sink or swim time, so to speak. And this was the game that Steve Kerr did it. He put Jordan Evans in uh, about midway through the first and he was fine. He never had an opportunity to shoot was solid defensively. I mean, he didn't really do much. Uh, but the the thing is, he didn't stand out in a negative way either. He was never in an opportunity to shoot where he passed up the shot or took the shot and missed or anything like that. He was just solid. And that was one of the things I wanted to see from him when he would get his opportunity with the main club, with the starters, with the all-stars, all that stuff. Because watching him in preseason and summer camp, you're looking for him to stand out. But when he's on the floor with Draymond, Steph, Clay, and KD... We just need you to fit in. And I think he fit in fine. Now, obviously, there's still questions about his game and what he can and can't do. But for a first, you know, four or five minute run, however long he got, he was fine. And I think we'll see more of Steve Kerr just throw him in random times. I think part of it was the fact that Sean Livingston was out. They're being real careful with Sean, as they should. Uh, I forget what the injury was, but they, they held him out yesterday. And Jacob Evans got that run, and he was adequate in that same sentence a dnp for quinn cook i don't know i like quinn cook i'd like to see him get more run more consistent run see what he can do maybe add some scoring but that's neither here nor there we'll see what happens with him maybe that's his role that there's some dmps there's some games he plays more and so be it but back to the original point jacob evans in his first nba run meaningful minutes was fine and meaningful in the sense that it wasn't garbage time. He did commit one foul. That was the only stat he had. But again, it, it's not like he had a ton of opportunities to to really do more. Uh, Draymond. Draymond Green, as we know, he's good. He's really good. He's an all-star. But he's not a conventional scorer. Over the last couple games, he's been showing a little, little mid-range. A little pick and pop. Uh, a little floater. He's shown just a little more scoring versatility. Um, and the the intriguing part about that is the fact that he hasn't he hasn't done this while taking more shots. He's done it while taking less. He's showing a little more restraint. Did not make any threes this game. I think he went what o for o for three from the three point line, which you know isn't good. But he also knocked down a couple of the last couple of games, so he's going to have games where he misses. But it's just been interesting to see Draymond show just a little more in his scoring repertoire, but it, uh, you know, it, it's not a game changer or anything, but just a little something I noticed. Well, it could be a game changer. If Draymond can, can get buckets in any way, regardless of how it is, whether it's threes, mid range, uh, you know, crafty layups, it, it's a major help for the warriors. I know we always talk about the three point line and three point shot because it is important for just about any player, but, Tramon Green, if you're getting buckets, uh, regardless of where they come from, that's a huge, huge plus for the Warriors. Jonas Jerebko continues to impress me. And maybe it's just because my expectations were low after preseason. 
you know, maybe he he hit me with the okie doke. He he turned himself into a ringer. Like, oh, I'm so bumbling and have no idea what I'm doing on the court in preseason. Regular season comes up and he's, you know, hitting 50% from three and one of the best rebounders on the team and physical as hell. Or who knows? Who knows what the case is? But I I wonder if you guys are as pleased and and impressed as I am with Jarebko. And maybe it is because of how poor he looked during the preseason. But, man, he is exactly what they need. He is much more physical than I would have thought, and he's a much better rebounder than I would have thought. He is... I think it's, I don't know, probably a just a stupid bias that I have from watching guys like Caspi or Bielitsa or, you know, any other combo forward, European combo forward or whatever that's, you know, 6'10 and hits threes that they're just three-point shooters, and that's about it. But Jarebko's a lot more than that. And he plays a lot more physical than I would have thought also. he's I've been incredibly impressed, and he's such a good addition to this team. Now he is playing well. Maybe there will be a slump in there where I am you know, questioning why he's on the team. I doubt that's going to happen because he's been great so far and just what they need off the bench. Uh, I've been very, very pleased with him. And he is one of the best rounders, rounders, rebounders on the team. I'm sure once Boogie comes back, he will take that that position. But... Jarebko, I mean, he's he's doing what they need. Rebound, defend, be physical, set screens, and hit threes. And he's doing all that. And something else I've noticed, too, which always is weird to me when a guy can shoot threes but not mid-range. Jarebko's got a nice little mid-range. He's got a complete game, or a more complete game than at least I, I had initially thought. And so that was, I, I noticed that in the first quarter, and I've noticed it all season. He's been a great, great addition the first major bench addition the Warriors have had that has really worked out, I guess JaVale could be there, but he wasn't looked at to be that when he was brought in, you know? Like Jarebko, as soon as we got him, thought rotation guy, he's going to help. And it's actually worked out. We saw it with Caspi and Nick Young, rotation guys, they're going to help. Neither of them really panned out the way we thought. But Jarebko sure as hell has. There's no doubt about it. So that was my first quarter look. It was uh, pretty simple. Warriors are good. They were ahead. Uh, the, the Nets the Nets are solid. I like what they've done the last couple of years. They're well, well run, well coached, which is a change for them. It's not their fault that, you know, Prokhorov made one of the dumbest trades in the history of the NBA. You know, these guys that complain about the Warriors ruin the NBA. No, dumb shit like Prokhorov selling off every single draft pick for a hundred years is, is what ruins the NBA. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to leave it because I could go off on a whole rant about it. And that's not why we're here. Okay. We're not going to do that, but shut up about the NBA being ruined. Cause you're all wrong. Anyways, <laughs> back to the game uh, and the, the nets. Look, the nets are solid. I like what they've done. I like the moves for D'Angelo Russell, and they're using their cap space to, to uh, gain picks, like with D'Angelo Russell, Damari Carroll, Alan Crabb. Uh, they took on Mozgov for a second. Like, here's the thing that is funny to me. We, the, the narrative around overpaid players is just because they're overpaid, they're useless. That's not the case. Yes, they, we can clown them for being overpaid. Like I said, Alan Crabb, Damari Carroll... Uh, D'Angelo Russell probably overdrafted, but still a solid player. 
But Crab, hell of a three-point shooter. Damari Carroll, versatile three-point shooter. Joe Harris, who they, they drafted and signed, like that's a good find for them. The guy is leading the league in three-point percentage, even above Steph. Jared Allen, and they also nailed the picks that they did get. Late, later first-round picks. Jared Allen, Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert is a great story. Injured at Michigan. People did not know, um, like, his his draft rankings were anywhere from first round to undrafted because of his injury history. The Nets took a chance on him in the first round. He has been great. He's been a great story. Uh, I'm just giving the Nets a ton of credit right now. Uh, Jared Allen, mid-first round pick. I think he was outside of the lottery. He fell further than I thought he should, and they nailed that pick too. So, ton of credit to the Nets and uh, Sean Atkinson. Or Ken Atkinson, oh, I don't even remember the coach's name. See, now I just ruined my whole rant because I don't remember his name. And John Marks in the front office, I think. Either way, I like what they're doing. I like what they've put together, and they've done it while taking on assets that other people, other teams don't want and finding use for them. Finding use for Alan Crabb and Damari Carroll, you know? So there's, there's all the credit I'll give the Nets. Now I'm done. But even with that said, the Warriors should have smacked him, and it got close at the end. And that's that's a testament to the Nets, and probably a knock on the Warriors for you know letting go of the string a little bit. But in the second quarter, they started with Clay, Draymond, McKinney, Jarebko, and Iguodala, which is interesting. I I cannot wait for Cousins to come back. Obviously, for a hundred different reasons, but I can't wait to see what the rotation does with. Uh, cousins back in or cousins in the lineup. He's not back. He's never been in the lineup, but it was interesting. And I just have to, I know I've been heaping praise on him and I have to continue doing it. McKinney has been another bright spot and you've heard me talk about it before, how important it is for the Warriors to find players on the fringes in today's NBA because they're so top heavy that they really don't have any money to offer any free agents. It's pretty much all minimum deals now. And a guy like McKinney, one of the more important reasons that it works is not just because he's a guy on the fringes they and that they need it also clearly but because of the way Bob Myers Bob Myers is such a good GM not just because he found McKinney training camp invite signs him so the deal with the CBA is if he signed him off that training camp invite it could only be a one year deal but if he converted that to a two-way contract and then converted that two-way contract into a regular NBA contract, he could sign him to a two-year deal. So now Alfonso McKinney is locked into a two-year deal with the Warriors. So let's say he blows up this year and is great. He's a Warrior next year for, for minimum price. So that's another reason why it's important that it works out. But at the same time, if it doesn't work out, it's not a loss for them. You know, they're, they're back where they started. So it's not a major loss if it doesn't work out. It's low risk, high, high reward with Alfonso McKinney. And they're reaping the rewards right now because he's been playing great. He forced back-to-back turnovers last night. He has been good in the open court, a solid defender, a great rebounder. And the most important part for him, I would say, is his three-point shot. And he's been able to knock him down. Now, it's a very small sample size. I think he's three of six, maybe four of eight. So it's not huge, but he's shown an ability to knock him down. If he can stay around 35%, I mean, look, stay at 50, that'd be great. But if he can stay around 35% for the season, that's an upgrade. You know, Pat McCaw shot 28, 29% last year. They've been looking for guys who can knock down threes from the bench 
and they haven't been able to find it for the last three years. And there's a very good chance that they did find it with Jonas Jerebko and Alfonso McKinney. McKinney last night, nine points, four or five from the field, one or two from three, four rebounds, one offense, excuse me, five rebounds, one offensive rebound, one steal, one block. And I believe he also led the team in plus minus, plus 12. He's a guy that's doing everything and then also doing the flashy stuff. He's been a great addition. I hope it continues to work out. He was the first one to tweet out the Fergie video. So, I mean, major points for that. Uh, it, I, I'm just going to keep praising him, and I'm sure you guys will get annoyed. But I think you should all be as happy as I am with his play and with the find that they did, uh, with the find of him, that they were able to get him in training camp and turn him into this player. Not turn him into, but hang on to him, whatever. Jordan Bell came in in the second uh, second quarter and played well. It's good to see Jordan Bell starting to get more run because he is a good player. And Steve Kerr has said he wasn't in the doghouse or anything. You know, we'll, we'll see, whatever. I'm not going to argue with Steve. I'll believe him. But Jordan Bell, I understand Steve is like matchups. You know, he'll play in certain matchups. Jordan Bell is a good enough player that he doesn't have to play in matchups. He can play whenever. And we're starting to see that. Not that we didn't know it, but, you know, Steve is, I don't know. Maybe Jordan Bell plays too much. Uh, a couple other notes that I had. This team always has fun, but I feel like they're on another level right now. And I think a big part of that is Steph, who's just having the time of his life and playing some of the best basketball he's ever played. And that includes 2016. Curry was absolutely dominant first half, 24 first half points. Which is great, but it also, man, puts a light on what him and KD had done the two previous games where, you know, Steph hit 51 and had 31 and a half and KD had 41 and 25 and a quarter. Steph was great yesterday, but 24 points and a half and you're blown away. And it just kind of shows how great they were in those previous games. Going to wrap this up real quick, or at least the game part. Third and fourth quarter. Third quarter was some of the same. Warriors were great. Fourth quarter, the Nets hit a buttload of threes. Nets were 20 of 42 from three last night. I mean, they were hitting everything. And it was one of those games where the team can can make shots. I didn't think the defense was that bad. I really didn't. Nets were able to cut it down to four with, you know, two minutes left in the fourth. And, you know, Steph comes in, hits a three. KD gets a bucket. And Warriors get the six-point win. Nothing too big happened in the uh, in the second half or fourth quarter. I didn't think that the Warriors, you know, started lollygagging and got lazy and allowed the, the Nets to come back in. The, the Nets just played well. They just played well in the fourth, and they have some talent. Warriors take on the Bulls tonight in Chicago to finish up that East Coast trip, and then they'll be back home on Wednesday to take on the Pelicans, I believe. And if you want to get tickets to that game, you know where you should go? Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the best way to that you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price. Look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code new to customers that can receive $20 off of orders of $200 or more. So now you're saving even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON 
and you can get $20 off an order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off of orders of $200 or more as a new customer to Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime. Let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N and get $20 off of orders of $200 or more as a new client to Vivid Seats. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What up? Warriors take on the Bulls tonight, 5 o'clock Pacific. Be sure to check it out. Should be interesting. The Bulls are another young team that, look, even though I don't love some of the moves they've made, they do have talent. Kind of similar to the Nets. I'm more partial to what the Nets have been doing than what the Bulls have been doing. But look, Zach Levine, I think Markkanen's out, but Levine's been up around 30 points a game. He can get buckets. They do have some players. So should be an interesting game. Should be a win for the Warriors, as most games should be. Things to look out for, I mean, are all the same pretty much. Can Jarebko and Alfonso McKinney continue their good play? Especially Alfonso McKinney. Because regardless, Jarebko, he's got a guaranteed contract this year. McKinney, his contract won't be guaranteed until January 10th. And they can cut him before that and not have to pay him any or pay him anything more than what they already have. They can cut him and not you know, have any more money on the books for his contract. So can he continue to play well and earn that roster spot? Damian Jones, as we know, his deadline is Wednesday. So that's interesting because they do play Wednesday. So would they have to make that decision before the Wednesday game? I think they would, but that's another thing to look for. I, I, I do think they're going to pick up his, uh, his option, his fourth year option, because I think he's played well and it's not a huge commitment and there's no guarantee you can replace him. So for the $2 million it'll take to keep him, I think they're going to exercise that option and keep him around. He could have a big game tonight also against a younger team. He, it's similar to JaVale. Last year we knew when JaVale was going to have good games, and we could also kind of predict when it probably wouldn't work out either. This feels like this could be a good uh, Damian Jones game for sure against a young inexperienced front court. I mean, unless he, he plays against Robin Lopez all day. But even if he does, he can outrun him and get buckets that way. Steph, does Steph continue what he's been doing? Does KD continue what he's been doing? Obviously, Clay. Is this the night Clay breaks out of his funk? We'll see. Hopefully. I haven't been wanting to say this, but I'm going to, because, as you know, I've kind of taken the the vow to not talk about KD's free agency, because, again, we're not going to have a resolution till July 2019. But I will say this. If KD and Steph continue this, their great play and the the 
the what what's the word the chemistry in their relationship on court the the yin and yang of their their relationship they they they're hitting like peak levels of what they're able to do together and really finding a great chemistry on court and it would be a real shame if KD left for a number of reasons but also because him and him and Steph are really learning how to play together so that's all I'll say that's the only time I'll mention it probably not but just had to make sure I I threw that in there I think that's it as far as tonight's game goes. Pretty simple one. Just beat the beat the Bulls. Same same talking points as always. And yeah, can Boogie not get ejected? Boogie actually apologized to the team and Steve. We'll talk about that next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. Here with good news and even better news. The good news? State Farm has new lower car insurance rates. The even better news? That means you can now get the service and convenience of a local State Farm agent at surprisingly great rates. State Farm can help you save more cash and get the good neighbor service you deserve. Just talk to your local State Farm agent or visit statefarm.com to find out how much you can save on your car insurance. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Available in three colors, its thin light design, built-in HD camera, and touchscreen turns any space into your workspace. More at surface.com slash laptop go. What up, everybody? Welcome back. Charles T. Hamilton, Locked On Warriors. What's good? So, a couple things I wanted to mention. Boogie actually apologized to the team and to Steve Kerr after his ejection. I didn't think it was... So much uh, necessary, like a big necessary thing. But, you know, as a coach, Steve didn't like it. Steve is somewhat old school. And old school is not even the right term. But look, as a coach, he looks at it as, man, this guy who's not even, hasn't even played one second for the Warriors, hasn't even dribbled a ball in NBA action for us, just got ejected from the sidelines like it could be distracting it wasn't but it's just not a good look and so boogie actually apologized to steve and to the team and you know that's that's nice but again it probably was a mix of there's boogie story there's scott foster's story probably somewhere in the middle is the truth maybe boogie wasn't the most polite person in the way he was arguing and scott foster more than most certainly overreacted because that's kind of what he does Last piece before we let you go for this Monday. Steph Curry, ladies and gentlemen, is your 2019 Western Conference Player of the Week. For what week is this? I don't even know. Week two. They didn't even say the dates. Week two Western Conference Player of the Week. Shout out Steph. He's been doing incredible things this entire season but this week he averaged 36 points a game jesus 54 percent from the field 54 percent from three 90 percent from the free throw line to go along with 4.8 rebounds and four assists it's the 13th time he's won player of the week uh the most ever by a player in warriors history uh second is tim hardaway with five so shout out steph the point god i mean Unbelievable. Like I said, 50, 40, 90. F that. We're going for 50, 50, 90. This is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast 
Network. Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.